everyone's so busy keeping up. Forget about the Joneses, we all on our telephones. With the texts and the tweets and the beats, what he said, she said, can't even follow the three. Down the hole, we all go. Me, I like keeping up too, with my corona and my attitude. That's La Vida Masfina. Relax responsibly. Corona Extra Beer. Imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. We're sitting here in the bye week. The Vikings are 5-1. and one. They have a two-game lead in the division. They are very healthy. Should they win the division? Yes, they should. I agree. I agree. But we've seen stranger things happen, certainly. There's 11 games to go. But you've got to say they're in great shape at the bye week. And I don't, I don't know that anybody would have predicted 5-1 and one at this point. I was being optimistic when I thought they could get to four and two and thought that I had actually picked every game right until the Miami game where I thought they'd have trouble winning in Miami in the heat. And lo and behold, they come up with, with the big win. The team's been clutch. We know that late in games and defense forcing late, late turnovers, offense making big drives at the end. And so, yeah, they're, in great shape. And as, as we've talked about before, you're five and one with 11 games to go. If you go six and five, you're going to be 11 and six, which might be good enough with the, the way the Packers are struggling to win the division. If they go seven and four, that's 12 and five, which I would think would definitely win the division this year. And if they go eight and three, they're 13 and four and probably have a top two seed in the NFC. And a first and a first round. Well, they I guess there aren't any first round buys anymore unless you're the f- number one seed. But right, they would still put them in great shape to be able to at least play one home game. Yeah, I think they should win the division. I think they're the, the right now. They're the best team in the division. <clears throat> now, are they I perfect? No, no, mm-hmm. they're not perfect. But again, let's not quibble with talking about ugly wins or close calls or one score games because they're finding ways to win those one score games They're four and oh, in those games that they went six and eight in last year. And that's a great, certainly a great omen for the future. I think they're in really good shape and I'm sure Kevin O'Connell, he's got plenty to think about during the bye week, but it's, it's a good time to catch, catch their breath and then get ready for Arizona on October 30th. Let's talk about those ugly victories, the Miami game, the Packers, Rodgers, Brady, everything that's happening around the the uh, league. We'll also do our picks, which, of course, are designed to give us an opportunity to talk about other teams around the league. Uh, first, let's introduce the show. This is Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider. He's Jeff Diamond, former Vikings general manager. Best way to listen to this show or the network, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It is free. It is easy. Thanks to your uh, t- thanks to our producer, Brian Burdett. You can also follow us on Twitter at TalkNorthPod and see the shows as they're released. You can always go to our website, TalkNorth.com, see all the shows, all the archives of shows, catch up and see just how many shows we have. Outdoor, sports, variety. Uh, it's been a blast to build this thing up. So does a team need to eventually 
and well, let's not say a team. Let's, does this Vikings team eventually need to win more impressively? Is that important at any juncture? Not really. <laughs> I think, as, as I always said, just just get the W, and <clears throat> in three weeks, no one's going to remember what happened or care as long as it's in the left-hand column. So it really doesn't matter. And in fact, it kind of builds a little bit of confidence that they can win those tough games, which you're probably going to see in the playoffs. But it would certainly be nice for the coaches and the players not to have to gut out these late game wins. Ultimately, it doesn't matter. Just get the W, find a way to win. And that's what they're doing. And I think that's the goal, obviously, from week to week. Would they like to be more impressive? Yeah. Would they like to be more consistent? O'Connell talks about it every week. We're, we're seeking that consistency. I think you, you have to cut them some slack because it is a new coaching staff, new system on offense and defense. I think we can see, and, and Cousins talks about, that he's not as comfortable in the new offense yet as he was in last year, for example. But he's producing wins and that's really all that matters. I think defensively, you can see players. I see a guy like Eric Kendricks, who is barely missing making a couple tackles and barely missing knocking down passes in those intermediate zones where they've had some trouble. And I think as he gets more comfortable in the system, he'll be better. And you look at the pass rushers, Daniil Hunter, he's had some good moments Overall, probably not as consistent in his pressures as we expect. And again, he's he's adjusting to being a stand-up outside linebacker, whereas Darius Smith has been fantastic most of the season and, and looks great out there, has, what, five and a half sacks and making big plays right and left. So he has played in the system for basically his whole career. And I think it does make a difference. And so I, I think Hunter will, will get better. I do think one of the things that's going to be really interesting going forward, and you talk about what is the value of having an impressive double-digit wins, the value, I think, for the Vikings will be to be able to better manage the playtime of Daniel Hunter and Zadarius Smith and Dalvin Cook, for example and even a Kendricks and a Harrison Smith and some of the other older players on defense, Patrick Peterson, those guys have been playing really well. But I'm sure Kevin O'Connell, one of the things he's thinking about during the bye week is how can we manage the workload for those key guys so that they're healthy and playing really well in January? Thanks to our sponsors, White Bear Lake Superstore, WhiteBearLakeSuperstore.com, and Platinum Bank. Uh, we'll tell you more about them later. We appreciate everybody who supports the network. If you'd like to advertise with this show or any of the shows on the network, you can reach Karen Cleary, our sales executive at K-C-L-E-A-R-Y at TalkNorth.com. So I felt like being in Miami, watching that game live, I felt like Skylar Thompson was really going to cause them a lot of trouble. He could uh, he was fast. When he broke out of uh, the pocket, he could gain yardage. He had a strong arm. Uh, he seemed to know how to get the ball to his best receivers. I think the Vikings once again got a little lucky with the injury front there. Uh, te- and Teddy, you know, was fairly productive, but I just didn't think he looked good physically. I just didn't think he could move very well. Yeah, I think you're I think you're right. 
I think Skylar Thompson has some really good moments <clears throat> early on, but I think ultimately the way the Dolphins' offensive line was so banged up and missing Taron Armstead, their best tackle, which caused them to reshuffle that line, that was really the, the tipping point, I think, for Miami's offense in this game, even though they put up a ton of yards. And one of the things we, we can always say is, Total, total yardage stats can be misleading in a game, and that was clearly the case last week. The Dolphins outgained the Vikings 458 to 234, but much more important were the three Miami turnovers plus a failed fake punt on, in the third quarter, a great stop by Josh Metellus, which essentially is a turnover on downs. So the Vikings go plus three in turnovers. That's the key stat in that game. As far as the quarterbacks, I, I was impressed with Skyler Thompson early. And, and again, we talk about what is O'Connell thinking about during the bye week. I think one of the things he's thinking about on defense is how do we tighten up our coverage in these intermediate zones where Tyreek Hill killed them with 12 catches for 177 yards. And Jalen Waddell was also effective and made one of those intermediate zone catches on the, on the huge play in the game when Harrison Smith strips the ball out, which is the biggest, probably the biggest play in the game, yep. uh, along, along with Dalvin Cook's 53-yard touchdown run. But again, those intermediate zones have been hurting them all year against elite receivers. How do they tighten up? Because they're going to see these guys down the stretch and in the playoffs. That's where a, a Cooper Cup makes his living, and, and they could run into a Rams team, for example, in the playoffs if they – get there and that's no given as we said but it looks good at this point so those are some of the things to think about i i think the dolphins quarterbacks yeah teddy with with no practice time during the week he he was just not prepared and and forced a couple balls that ended up in turnovers he also made some really good throws but i i think in this game jim that even tua would not have made a difference because that dolphins offensive line was banged up and and just Zadarius Smith, Daniil Hunter, Patrick Jones were just having a field day against them. So you've run two NFL organizations, the Vikings and the Titans. How would you recommend Kevin O'Connell handle this bye week in terms of rest, in terms of uh, reconfiguring things, changing things? I mean, what, what does an NFL head coach do? What should this NFL head coach do in this situation? Yeah, it sounds like he's kind of kicked them loose and really not doing much practicing this week as far as what my understanding is. And but meanwhile, I think from from his own coaching staff standpoint, I'm sure they're working very hard. They'll, they'll give the coaches the weekend off, I'm sure. But during the week, I'm sure they're doing a lot of self-scouting, trying to figure out how can we be better on third down where they were two or 12 in Miami after going 12 or 15 against the Bears. But they struggled earlier in the season. And, and for the season, they're hanging around 30 percent, which is really not good enough <clears throat> down the stretch. And, and as I said, trying to figure out how can we get more consistency on the offensive line, for example. Uh, Bradbury has been better this year, but he could be even better. He had some struggles last week. Ed Ingram has had a pretty good rookie season, but especially in run blocking, but his pass protection needs to continue to improve. They got to work on that. On, on defense, I'm sure they're looking hard at the red zone defense. The, the last 10 trips, Jim, in the red zone for opponents have resulted in touchdowns. And that's not good enough. As I said, got to tighten up the coverage on the intermediate zones. And again, 
how can they be more consistent in certain spots? I thought the Dolphins really went after Shandon Sullivan, the slot corner, and there was too much single coverage by him on guys like Hill and Waddle. And I think he's a very average guy. Got to figure out how can they protect him more. And the other guy that has been really up and down, I think, is Cam Bynum. He made some huge plays in this game. He, he recovered the fumble forced by Harrison Smith, made a nice play on a deep ball. But he was the one who – and he recovered the onside kick. But, but he's the one that has been not as aggressive as he needs to be in certain situations, such as that, that big catch by Chris Olave at the end of the, of the New Orleans game in London that set up the, the long field goal attempt. And he was just sitting back and watching that play. And he's got to be more aggressive as a safety. I think, they, I think he's got talent. So they got to continue to coach these guys up on special teams. I'm sure they want to work with Greg Joseph not to miss extra points. Both of the ones he's missed in the last three weeks that could have been really critical and kept the game a six-point game last week. And that's always dangerous. Ryan Wright had a terrific game, special teams player of the week. He was fantastic. They want to keep him going. He's been really great all year, except for the one 15-yard punt against the Bears. And the coverage units have been good. So there's a lot of good stuff happening. But I think overall, they they want to fine-tune during the bye week. I think that's the responsibility of the coaches. And when, when the players come back, that they can try to, to – improve some of these areas that have been a problem. Now, one pro- area that has not been a problem almost all year, penalties, only two last week. I think that's been one of the most impressive things with a new coaching staff and a new system that they there's only been one game, the Chicago game, where the other team had fewer penalties, that they've really been pretty much penalty-free. And that's I think that's a tribute to good coaching. Let's get into the league. Let's talk about Aaron Rodgers, the Packers, some other things going around the league. Then we'll come back and talk about the Vikings schedule. Right now, let us thank our sponsors, starting with White Bear Lake Superstore, whitebearlakesuperstore.com. Yeah, thanks, Jim. Always happy to talk about the White Bear Lake Superstore, Buick GMC, and my longtime friend, the owner, Paul Rubin, his general manager, Charlie Guttrell, and their fantastic staff, Minnesota's number one volume, Buick GMC dealer, six years running. With the best selection and their super-friendly premium team, check out their great website. You'll see new trucks coming in every day, Sierras and Canyons. Drive one today, and you'll see 0% APR on most GMC and Buick SUV models, including the stylish Encore GX. Check out the all-new next-generation GMC Sierra 1500 and reserve yours now. Explore the GMC Sierra HD, and don't wait Reserve your all-electric super truck, the Hummer EV. The White Bear Lake Superstore also is the Quigley 4x4 Van Superstore. They are a certified elite dealer. Only 7% of GM dealers make the cut. So visit in person at 3900 Highway 61 North in White Bear Lake or online at whitebearlakesuperstore.com for all your vehicle needs and the premium experience. Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Thanks also to Platinum Bank. Platinum Bank. Wonderful sponsor. Is your bank a partner or simply a provider? In today's environment, businesses and individuals need a bank that can move quickly and act creatively. Platinum Bank understands the Twin Cities market, partnering with clients to overcome the challenges, capitalize on opportunities, and helping Twin Cities executives to grow their businesses. 
Platinum Bank's financial products are tailored to meet the unique needs of your organization and solve your problems, not create them. I am a very happy Platinum Bank client and account holder, have personally experienced tremendous customer service, working with Market President Nate Erfer and VP Drew Lynch. To learn how Platinum Bank can be an asset to your business, visit www.platinumbankmn.com. Platinum Bank, providing a means to a dream. For a few years now, Aaron Rodgers has been driving everybody in Wisconsin, especially in his own organization, a little crazy with his uh, attitude, things he says, things he does in the offseason. Now, this last offseason, he didn't work with his receivers uh, during many camps. He talked about taking hallucinogenics. And the team is, let's face it, they're, they're playing lousy right now. Rodgers looks completely uncomfortable. Doesn't look like he trusts his receivers. He might not have good enough receivers. The defense hasn't been anywhere near as good as most of us expected it to be. And they're in trouble. At least at the moment, they're in trouble. What do you make of this situation for the Packers? Very interesting this week that Rodgers is talking about simplifying things mm-hmm. might fix the Packers' offense. That kind of sounds like second-guessing the coaching staff to me and to everybody, which is kind of typical of of Aaron Rodgers, who will spout off and say whatever he wants to say. And I'm sure Matt LaFleur wasn't thrilled with that little analysis piece by Rodgers. And, yeah, they're not playing well. It it was somewhat predictable because of losing Devontae Adams on offense and having the injuries, having Bakhtiari come back from his injury and Elgin Jenkins on the offensive line. The Packers just have not been consistent on offense. The young receivers have not emerged yet, especially Christian Watson. And he's been dealing with injuries. Sammy Watkins predictably always gets hurt, and he's got a hamstring. And and now Randall Cobb is, is out for several weeks. So, yeah, they're in trouble. Fortunately for them, they're going to Washington this week. But, hey, who knows? <laughs> the, the commander's despite all the Daniel Snyder hoopla in, at the owners meeting, the, the commanders did find a way to, to beat the bears last week on that last second stop. But the, the Packers should get a win. Would we be shocked if they didn't? No. And I, I still think that they'll improve as the year goes on. Almost more surprising to me than, than the offense struggling is that the defense has not been better because they've got so much talent on that defense. Now, I I did think with the two number one picks that they would get better as the year goes on. I think by the time the Vikings see them on New Year's Day, they'll be pretty stout on defense because they've got the talent. But so far, have not been great. Teams have been running on them. And that's, that's a little bit more surprising to me. But yeah, I think the Packers are in trouble. They're struggling. They're second guessing the coaches, especially the quarterback. He's not playing great. And yeah, they got they got a lot of work to do before they're going to challenge the Vikings. Another Hall of Fame quarterback is having similar problems with his team. Uh, this one's more surprising. We know Rodgers is a flake. Uh, Tom Brady earned his reputation with the Patriots being the first guy in the building, last guy to leave, ultimate leader, ultimate work out work ethic guy. And now you know he skipped big chunk of training camp. Then he blows off walkthrough and uh, and meetings before they go to Pittsburgh and play horribly in a in a loss uh, and yelling in the face of his offensive linemen. I mean, did you ever have to deal with anything like that? And what do you think of Brady's current situation? Yeah, I, I never really did. <laughs> and then again, I didn't have a 
whatever 10 time pro bowler and six or seven times super bowl champion <laughs> to deal with so it just sounds like he, tom brady's got a lot a lot of issues uh, whether it's on the home front or whether it's in the in the locker room or with the with the bucks offense and but yeah i thought it was it was really kind of a bad bad look on his part to to skip a day of, of whether it's a walkthrough or whatever, it's a day before a game and meetings before that game in Pittsburgh to go attend the wedding of his former owner in New England, Robert Kraft. Well, Bill Belichick didn't do that. He didn't skip yep. anything to go to Kraft's wedding. And, and where do the Patriots do they go and, and have, have a huge win uh, on the road at, at whatever it was at Cleveland. And so I think that Tom Brady has really, I don't want to say he's checked out, but I think maybe semi checked out on what's going on this season with everything he's dealing with, just not playing real well, having injuries with his receivers. Well, they were back last week and it still wasn't a productive day. It's just really kind of strange what's going on in Tampa and with Brady. They're both sitting at three and three. And for Brady to, to lose that game at Pittsburgh where the Steelers were struggling mightily, and then Kenny Pickett goes out with a concussion, Mitch Trubisky leads the way to the win because the Bucks only score 18 points. So it's certainly a storyline to follow in the coming weeks with both Brady and the Bucks and Rodgers and the Packers. And Odell Beckham Jr., we're recording this on Thursday morning, could be choosing his next NFL stop soon. I think the easy guess is one of the L.A. teams. He loves. He, I think he lives in L.A. He loves it out there. He played really well for the Rams last year. The Chargers have injuries at receiver and have a dynamic young quarterback. Uh, of course, if he's picking purely for football reasons, he would probably go to the Packers and immediately become the number one receiver playing with a Hall of Fame quarterback. What do you think? Yeah, I, I don't see – OBJ going to Green Bay either although although who knows but I, I don't know that he'd be enamored with playing November December January football at, at Lambeau I think I think he'll go back to the Rams where he knows the system he likes Sean McVay they had success they're still despite the Rams struggles they are they're they are three and three they are tied for the division lead in the NFC West and with a San Francisco team and Seattle, Seattle's not going to hang in there. And San Francisco has half their team injured. So you have to say that the Rams would be the favorite. The Chargers are an interesting team if they've got the cap space to do it. That would be a, a, a good fit and, and with a team that's a contender. But then you're dealing with that AFC West that has not been as stout as we thought it would be, especially with Russell Wilson's struggles in Denver. But they still are a contender tied for the division lead with Kansas City. I think he'll end up at the Rams. I think that makes the most sense. I absolutely do. And it'll be fascinating because the Rams are struggling. But as I said, they're, they're hanging around. Uh, they'll probably get better as the year goes on if they stay healthy, and that division is not as difficult as we thought it was going to be. Of course, we'll see the uh, the Vikings. We'll talk more about the Vikings Cardinals matchup next week, previewing that game. Uh, for today, let's let's talk about the Vikings schedule and let's talk about the rest of the league through our NFL picks. Uh, I thought that 
The Vikings did have a chance to go like four, two, five, and one. They're in great position. If there's a negative about the early season, it looks like the schedule has gotten tougher the farther they've gotten into it. In other words, as you said earlier, the New York teams no longer look like pushovers. Yeah, that's definitely true. And when we looked at the schedule back in July or whenever it came out in April, we thought, oh, yeah, playing the, the Jets on December 4th and the Giants on December 24th, both at home, you'd say, yeah, those are two wins almost for sure. Well, not so fast because <laughs> the Jets are four and two and just knocked off the Packers in Green Bay and the Giants, probably the most surprising team in the league at five and one and looking really good on defense and Saquon Barkley staying healthy. Although I do think I, th- I do think the Giants have a little bit of a trap game this week down in Jacksonville. They're going to have to be careful with that game. But I think both those games are going to be tough. We know certainly you would think the Cardinals would be a, a, a w- very winnable game. But again, that game last year down in Arizona, the 30, whatever, 34-33, and Kyler Murray running all over the place against the Vikings defense, and they've had trouble with running quarterbacks this year in Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields. Now their next opponent will be Kyler Murray. He had 100 yards rushing last week, and he gets DeAndre Hopkins back. They, they lose Hollywood Brown to an injury for several weeks, but then they traded for the disgruntled Robbie Anderson from Carolina. I think the Cardinals are a little bit messed up this year. And then they go to Washington. Again, it's a road game. You would think they could get the win, but Washington's got some talent, especially on defense. Then it gets tough. Those That two-week stretch, probably the toughest two-week stretch of the season at Buffalo on November 13th, home to Dallas on November 20th, and then they got the Patriots and the Jets at home. It still, I think, shakes out as a schedule that they can win 11, 12 games and maybe even get to 13. But there are some certainly some obstacles in the way, and the biggest one is going to be at Buffalo. No doubt about it. All right, let's get to our NFL picks, talk about some other NFL teams. Uh, Really fascinating how a bunch of teams that you didn't think were in the same ballpark have the same record. Let's start with the Falcons against the Bengals. The Falcons are a surprising 3-3 team, and the Bengals are a disappointing 3-3 team. Uh, How do you pick this one, and do you think the Bengals can bounce back and be the team they ended up being last year? Yeah, I'm not sure they're going to be quite that team that gets to the Super Bowl, but I I think that – we, we saw Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase have a, a breakout game last week. I think that they're getting better after their own two start. They are three and one. And Atlanta, I think, again, a very surprising team with Marcus Mariota not having to throw a lot, but he, he's got some very talented players around him, pits the tight end for sure. But I just think Cincinnati will handle Atlanta in this game and kind of bring them back to earth. Lions at Cowboys. The Cowboys are probably better than a lot of people expected them to be. They have survived Prescott's injury. Uh, no shame in losing at Philadelphia. They're still in good shape. The Lions uh, looks, you know, I found it fascinating all offseason, Jeff. People kept talking about the Lions improvement, the Lions improvement, the Lions improvement. And they won three games last year, and they won one of them because Cam Dancer didn't cover somebody in the end zone at the end of the game. They just looked like a bad team to me. Surprising to me because I I thought that they would be better this year, and especially their last outing was just dismal. 
So can can Detroit bounce back? I don't think they can at Dallas, <clears throat> but I think the, the Lions, I think, will get a little better as the season goes on, but it, it will be a disappointing season overall for them. Giants at Jaguars. Giants are 5-1. and one. I'm not sure I trust that number. The Jaguars, you know, they're 2-4, and four, but they've actually been pretty formidable. They, they, they put up a pretty good fight even in their losses. How do you look at this one? Yeah, as I said, I think this is a trap game for the Giants and would not be surprised if Jacksonville, who's got some pretty stout players on defense, if they can get after Daniel Jones, force a couple turnovers. And they've got the other Josh Allen, <laughs> who's a really good pass rusher down in Jacksonville. I'm going to pick the Giants in a close game, but I would not be surprised at all if the, if the Jags pull this one off. I'll take the Jaguars in this one for all the reasons you stated. All right, Seahawks at Chargers. Uh, Chargers just seem to always be a little banged up. Uh, they're dynamic offensively, but you know they really haven't broken through and become the team that I think a lot of people think their talent should make them. Seahawks are winning with Geno Smith while Russell Wilson struggles, which is fascinating. I, I like the, I definitely like the Chargers in this, in this game. <clears throat> Geno Smith has, has been just a revel, revel, revelation this year, shall we say. <clears throat> I think he's been really one of the surprise players in the league. But I think that the Chargers will get after him this week, and and Justin Herbert and company will will definitely win this game, I think, by a touchdown. I agree with you again. Chiefs at 49ers. The Chiefs are – I mean, I still love watching Patrick Mahomes. They're coming – to me, this is a trap game. You lose an emotional game at home to the Bills. uh, It goes down to the wire. Now you have to go out west and play a 49ers team that – you know, they're not great, but they're hard to play against. I think I would actually take the, you know, I don't know what the point spread is, but I think I would take the 49ers and the points on this one. Yeah, I think the problem is San Francisco is just so beat up on defense, <clears throat> missing yeah. about half their starters. And for that reason, I would I would go with Kansas City unless the 49ers get suddenly healthy, which we'll see if that's the case. If they can get their team back on the field, guys like Nick Bosa and Armstead, those guys on defense – then I think it could be certainly a very close game. Otherwise, I'm going to go with Kansas City and Mahomes to bounce back. That's probably the smart pick. All right, let's get a final thought from Jeff. Once again, thank you to White Bear Lake Superstore, whitebearlakesuperstore.com. Thanks to Platinum Bank. That's our producer, Brianne Burdett. And again, check out all the other shows at talknorth.com, including the Viking Update show. All right, Jeff, final thought for the bye week. Yeah, I I think the final thought for the bye week is just what can they do to the Vikings do to get better? And as we talked about, what is Kevin O'Connell doing this week? He's doing a lot of self-scouting and self-analysis of of his own coaching, of his play calling. I think he's been pretty good as a play caller, but they want to get rid of these lulls that they've had during games, both on offense and defense, and and get more consistency uh, from Kirk Cousins, who I think has played pretty good and played well enough to get all these wins which that's been the knock on him is that he's been a 500 quarterback. Well, now he's five and one and people are still complaining. Well, don't complain people so much when, when the team is five and one and the quarterback is leading the way to, to wins and he's being clutch, which was another knock on him in the past because they are coming up with the critical plays at the end of the game as they did in the Miami game. So a lot of self analysis this week with the bye week and then hopefully giving the players enough time off to, to get their good health back, and then figuring out how to manage the workload for the key players down the stretch. Good stuff, Jeff. We'll look forward to previewing the Arizona Cardinals game next week. Thanks to everyone for listening to TalkNorth.com.